Welcome to the Voice of Fandom Podcast. The one place where you, yes, you, you, the viewer, the fan gets to connect and interact live with the host and talk about your favorite sports team, athlete, or game of the week. And speaking of host, he's straight up, straight to the point. And with a mic in his hand, he lets you know he don't give a shit. Former pro wrestler and your host, Kingston Robinson. <clears throat> Is this on? Is this, are we, what are we, what are we doing here? It's Tuesday and it, I feel like it's a, it's another week where I was right again. I, you know what, what's up y'all? I don't know how this keeps happening besides the fact that I know it's going to happen and there's still people out there questioning me how what what is this kid talking about when he gets on the mic and he says certain things like the Steelers are trash he says certain things like Matt Ryan should be in a garbage can he says things that end up being true man it's December 15th 2020 and if there has been a ton of things that are odd and you know misleading and tragic and disturbing about 2020 the crazy thing is none of none of that falls under me being right about what's going on i didn't i didn't fall behind this mic and fall into this scenario for no reason so let's talk about it week 14 in the nfl season and boy oh boy it it played out almost you know i think the only thing that i could not have called more correct is probably the Browns being as good as they are. I, I I think I may have missed the ball on that one. And I'm possibly <laughs> maybe a little upset in it because I want Kareem Hunt to do good. I want a Baker Mayfield to kind of kind of silence the haters. Not really like ball out, but just silence the haters. Because in college I think Baker was Baker was solid. Uh but Man, oh man, there there probably isn't anything uh, that's going on at the moment that I haven't called absolutely correctly. Uh, coming down to the players that are going to win their NFL Honor Awards, I've pretty much called that to a T as well. Uh, there may be, maybe a little fight at the top for MVP right now, a little, little closer than I expected. But, I mean, come on. It just, it doesn't get any better than this. And it's easy to digest because I'm not the uh, Stephen A. Smiths or the uh, Skip Baylesses or anything like that that's just going to say any wild off-the-top thing. No, no, everything I've said is fact, has some validity, and there is nothing that you can show me on a stat sheet, film report, anything that says I've been wrong kind of a nice place to be because you know the internet is a evil evil world and if you end up saying something wrong or misguided guess what somebody will fact check you somebody will uh come after you and somebody will clip whatever you said was wrong there's a twitter called Fro uh freezing cold takes and anytime something great happens and anyone has said anything wrong it's clipped it's screenshotted and it's put on there and it is retweeted over and over and over and over again Just checking to make sure, but this mic right now, 
is not even close to freezing cold. <laughs> so before we get into everything, let's talk about this news. I know it's titled big news, huge news. What's going on in the about it's, you know, the future of the show. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's always going to be bigger than what it's supposed to be. But for my people that listen to me strictly on Poppy, say you don't follow me on on Spotify or you don't listen to uh, Apple Podcast or Google or Amazon Podcast, you know, all of the things that you can follow me on. I will be moving from the Podbean platform. I know it's crazy because this whole thing has been like, download the Podbean app. You can join me live, blah, 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 this and that. Well, I've had a lot of people, including uh, people that are a part of the Kansas City Podcast Network that have been wanting video content, that have wanted to keep the same live interaction, everything that's going on, but they just want, uh, you know, uh, video content of some of some, some sort. And of course, I have a YouTube channel, um, which you can follow, youtube.com slash Adrian Armour. Uh, but that usually houses a lot of my wrestling things. And recently over the past year or so, a few, you know, video game clips or old wrestling matches that I'll put up there. But now, my Twitch profile is now live. Um, I will be on Twitch. The show will be moving to Twitch. Um, don't worry to all of my audio listeners on those platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, or the KCPN app itself. Um, I will still have audio uploaded on there. It will still be there two times a week, every week. Uh, so my audio listeners, you will not miss out on anything. My Podbean listeners, though, I would suggest, more than suggest, actually, <laughs> to go to twitch.tv slash game. That is going to be the new live platform for the show. Uh, starting... What is it? December 15th. Let's go with, because next week's going to be weird. Let's go with after the new year. After the new year, the show will be fully moved to twitch.tv slash game armor game. Uh, but before then, of course, I'm going to be going live. I'm going to be active on Twitch. Uh, I'm going to be streaming some games with the guys. I will be doing some uh, sports breakdowns and things of that nature as well. Um, go ahead and head to that link, uh, follow up, uh, right now, you know, we're already nearing a hundred followers and I've probably been, uh, active on the profile for a day or so. Um, I've had my Twitch account for a very long time, uh, but it was just to view content. It wasn't to make content. Uh, now we are turning the page and, we're, we're going to crank it up. And since I've gotten in touch with some people and to a few other communities, it's been nothing but love. Um, I have a few people that are uh, verified on there that have uh, thousands of subscribers and thousands of followers and all that. And they've been helping me out and, you know, stepping me into the game so I don't come in half-assed. So just know it's going to be some high-quality production um, and some really fun stuff on there. Like I said, we're going to game. We're going to talk sports. We're going to do everything that we do on here. Um, except for it's just going to have video content. It's going to be live. We'll have, of course, the chat window just like in here. 
Um, and then also you can, you know, show your support in any kind of way. The closest that I get to affiliate and then to partner, uh, there will be more abilities for people that follow in that support to, uh, you know, show that. So once again, twitch.tv slash game armor game. That's where you'll be able to find the show after the new year. But you can follow now. Keep those notifications on because uh, I'm going to go live and have some fun with it and figure out, you know, how how to tiptoe into this world of the video content world. Um, because audio has been fun, but uh, I love video games. Video games have been a part of my life since uh, my dad got me into video games. Uh, my first console I ever got was a Sega Genesis. We had two in the household. Uh, I've played everything from uh, Tetris on my dad's Atari to, uh, well, really, I should say Pong on my dad's Atari. That was probably the first thing. Um, and then, you know, since then, Sega Genesis from Sonic uh, all the way through Mortal Kombat, Batman, uh, you know, all, all kinds of games. And I just grew from there. I don't think there's been a console that's been out that I have not owned besides uh, a Super Nintendo. I did not own a Super Nintendo. My next door neighbor in South Carolina had one. Um, and so we would go over there and play, and then they would come over to our house to play the Sega Genesis. But besides that, um, I have owned pretty much every major console that's ever come out, um, besides, of course, this recent run where the uh, next-gen consoles are just fucking finding unicorns. Uh, but I'm, I'm sure when the time and the money and all that permits, um, we'll, we'll slowly upgrade to that. Another thing talking about that, um, <laughs> I will be streaming games from my PlayStation four. And what's wild about things like that is, uh, you know, a year or two ago, streaming games in, um, you know, 720, um, 30, 30 to 40 frames per second. Uh, usually not a big deal. That's that's pretty much a luxury. Uh, but now, since you have your PS4 Pros and your PS5s and all that, you know, games that stream at uh, 1080p, 60 frames per second, or, you know, you got a lot of PC gamers that stream at 1080p or 4K uh, at 60 frames per second. Uh, it's like, damn, you know. <laughs> but as the Twitch platform grows, um, as the support grows, as more consistent followers, because I will tell you, uh, Twitch is an interesting beast where it makes it very different from YouTube and things of that nature, where they basically give you a stepping stone on how to uh, continue to level up and get get more accolades and get more things unlocked in its platform. And YouTube and Instagram and all those other social media platforms or content created platforms don't really do that. You just have to be consistent and hope for the right strike of gold, get new eyes on you, and then run off of that momentum. Um, Twitch is a little different because it's basically like live TV. And as you're streaming, you have to have the benefit of being in the right category and having the right amount of followers to where somebody's going to see you and be like, ooh, they're doing something that I want to do. Let me peek in and watch. And then when they peek in and watch, you got to make sure you're captivating right there at the moment. And um, what's beautiful about my personality is that I've had to shield a lot to just be an audio product. And now I don't have to. <laughs> I don't have to at all. So that's great. So 
like I said, twitch.tv slash Game Armor Game. We will be on there soon. I was thinking about uh, streaming for the first time sometime today, uh, but Tuesday is always a jam-packed day. Uh, and then I might stream tomorrow, um, Wednesday. We'll just see. We'll just see how things go. But if you go and follow me on Twitch, I will put my stream dates in the schedule um, so that everyone knows what's up. I know one of the first things I'm going to start streaming is uh, some Madden gameplay, of course, some Spider-Man gameplay. Also, um, me and the guys are going to jump on Grand Theft Auto. Uh, there's a new heist that dropped today, um, and we're going to get on that. And it is always a blast gaming with them. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to be said. I mean, there is times where we're literally like focused in a mission and then somebody just has to zap the focus and blow up a random something. And then all of a sudden we are in a gunfight for two hours um, for no entire reason at all. So it is always going to be a captivating situation when I'm on the stream with guys. So like I said, go to twitch.tv slash game armor game. I'm going to, you know, put it in the descriptions of the profile and then you know if you hear this on spotify or whatever just tab over you can keep the audio playing just tab over hit the follow button it's free <laughs> and you know that's it so let's uh let's start talking about this week in football because this week in football was uh quite the entertaining one as i said a few weeks ago now we are starting to get into the nitty-gritty what teams are who how are they feeling about themselves and are these teams getting ready for a offseason or if they getting ready for the playoffs? That's very important. You'll be able to tell a team's demeanor, even if they're in the hunt. You know, what are they ready to do? Are they ready to fire their entire team? Or <laughs> are they ready to, you know, maybe start looking at some players to rest, maybe looking at uh, some plays to kind of stay hidden in the playbook for the playoffs against teams that, you know, they may see for the second or third time. Um, and it's been very, very interesting. So let's start with Thursday's game, Patriots-Rams. Now, everyone, everyone should have looked at this game the same exact way. And that was the fact that Jared Goff, if you keep the pocket clean and there's nobody rushing around him, it's going to be an easy game. Jared Goff is the most, well, one of the most consistent quarterbacks when there is no pressure around him. That's just how that goes. And the Patriots could not get any pressure on him. Cam Newton could not, he, he could not win the game. And once you get to the point where Cam has to win the game, unfortunately, he's not that Cam anymore. And they've created this system where he doesn't have to be that Cam anymore. And that's, that's a lose-lose situation for him. That's a lose-lose situation for the Patriots, especially in the fact, actually, it's not lose-lose. It's lose-win because at the end of all of this, the Patriots are going to look at it and be like, look, it was one year, $1 million. We wanted to put ourselves in a, a better situation. We're still somehow scratching and clawing and could possibly still, even at this point, they can't win their division, but they are still quite possibly in a situation where they could squeak into the playoffs. And at that point, with so many opt-outs, with your franchise quarterback leaving, what more can you ask for? 
You know, there's Patriots fans that are like, you know what? We didn't even expect this much. There are Patriots fans that were so down on the Cam Newton signing because for some reason they wanted to see Jared Stidham. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. But look, this <laughs> they are actually in a better spot than I would have said they were in for this entire year. Because I wanted Cam to succeed, but I couldn't believe in the entire Cam Newton project. I just couldn't. He, once again, is in an offense, just like Brady, where there, <laughs> there's no help. Um, no matter what Josh McDaniels wants to do. And once again, I'm going to lead this to Deshaun Watson needs to go to the New England Patriots. He needs to get out of Houston. Bill Belichick needs to make the move to get Watson in the system that's already been created for him to succeed in because it's now been through a almost a year test with Cam Newton. But Patriots Rams, it... It it seemed like the Rams were very, very motivated because there was a lot of people that were on this Rams team uh, when they played in one of the most boring Super Bowls possible. And they wanted to impose their will. They wanted to make sure that there wasn't any doubt that the Rams could win this game. And that's what happened. They ran it when they wanted to run it. They threw it when they wanted to throw it. Their play action sunk sunk the opposing linebackers. Uh, I mean, the Rams had complete control of that game, and it wasn't even close. This this score could be 14-3, and I would still be like, this was a like mentally blown out game. That's just how that was. 24-3 makes it look a little more evident that that was the case. Titans-Jags. Um, the Titans had to remember that they had Derrick Henry on the field for a little while. They even went for it on a, uh, I'm pretty sure it was a fourth and short and didn't give it to Derrick Henry, which in any other place, you know, besides Kansas City, I would say QB sneak or, you know, a straight, straight fullback dive or something like that. But in, in, in Tennessee, you get that ball to Derrick Henry. He's going to get, you, he's going to get you one yard. That's, that's it. That's easy. But 31 10, the Jaguars are fucking trash. Everyone knows that. Um, Jags right now just benefiting off having a nice stadium, I guess. That, that's, that's all I got for them. Um, and that's pretty much all I can give to them. Uh, Vikings, Bucks. This, this was the pinnacle. Like, Tom Brady played a game that describes his entire year. It's been up. It's been down. Uh, but somehow they just kind of squeak it through. Because there are some passes and I'm going to compare this to Lamar Jackson from last night. There were some wide open. I, I saw a third down where the pocket completely fluttered around Brady and was behind him after he had stepped up. There was no one around him. No one. And he had a wide open receiver in the middle of the field. It, it, I don't want to say that this is one of the easiest passes in the NFL, but there are ones that are more difficult. And Brady just missed a wide open receiver. It's very odd. But then, of course, you know, a few series later, he hits a bomb down the field to Scotty Miller, and it's kind of like everything's undone. But that's kind of the, the whole story of the season with Tom Brady. 
and they benefit by having the Eagles somehow beating the Saints. But I'm telling you, the Buccaneers, this this is not going to be the year where you, you know, bring Kevin Durant over to the Golden State Warriors and you all of a sudden win a championship. That's not going to happen. The Bucs were not a championship team beforehand. So one to two people, three if you count Antonio Brown, does not all of a sudden make them a Super Bowl team. I've said several times on this podcast, just because you put together all these names on a sheet of paper does not mean it's it's an easy math equation. We all know two plus three equals five, but Brady plus Brown plus Gronkowski doesn't just automatically equal Super Bowl. And everyone's starting to see that. And it took this long. It took 14 weeks. I said this probably in week three, maybe two. It's easy to see. And I know I'm, I'm sounding very negative and I'm sounding like I'm, I'm bashing the Buccaneers because they won, but you also have to remember who they beat. They beat a Vikings team that has not been good, that relies on Dalvin Cook. So you've, if you have a decent defense that can hold him to two to three yards a clip, it's not going to be very hard to beat them. <laughs> what, you're going to put the game in Kirk Cousins' hands? Well, you see what happened with that. Sacked. Sack fumble. It's Kirk Cousins. We know who Kirk Cousins is. And I'm sure you can find me a clip of saying that almost every week in the NFL. It's sad. Broncos Panthers. Uh, this is another one of those games where the Broncos just decide that they're going to play okay football and win games against decent teams. Um, no matter what anyone says, the Panthers are a very decent team. Um, I think they got hit with the un, uh, unfortunate situation where one of their most valuable and athletic people that they have on their team got paid and then immediately has not pretty much been a factor the entire season because Christian McCaffrey has been hurt in multiple different places all year. If I have it right, Christian McCaffrey has only played four games. We're in week 14. If this continues, he would have only played a fourth of the year. And he's the highest paid running back in the league. That's why there's so much of you don't pay running backs a bunch of money because the shelf life on it is just too short. In the year that Christian McCaffrey gets, you know, broke off, this is what happens. It makes it harder for running backs to demand more money. It makes it harder. And, and it makes it even harder because the Panthers are a good team. They could be in a way better position. But you lose your star running back and you notice that they're a, a very good team with him on the field. They went toe to toe with the Chiefs with Christian McCaffrey on the field. You would have not told me that game would have been as close if the Panthers didn't have him at all. And I like their other running backs, but they're not Christian McCaffrey. Their other running backs aren't named Run CMC. Come on. Come on. Uh, Texans Bears, this is the clash of two teams that make no sense. 
Texans, we all know the force fire that they've been all season. Bill O'Brien has ran, ran this franchise into the ground and then got told to get the hell on. So they just left a burning, a burning fire with no one to put it out. The Bears. I mean, look, this is the thing with the Bears. Mitch Trubisky is not a good quarterback. So that's one. Two, Mitch is going to always end up being, oh, Mr. Bisky was that guy that was drafted before Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. That's what his legacy is going to be. You know how hard that is to be an athlete and your legacy is the fact that you were overdrafted in front of Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Not that you you know, broke playoff records, not that you took your team to the NFC championship for the first time and whenever. It is literally going to be. Man, you remember that dude, Mitch, that got drafted before Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson? Hmm. What 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 if that Bears team would have looked like with Deshaun Watson back there? What would that Bears team look like with Patrick Mahomes back there? Damn. And then you bring in Nick Foles and he comes in and gets hurt. <laughs> now, what, what's really shitty is that I believe if the Bears would not have taken Mitch out earlier this year, this Bears team may be a little different. You have to remember, they were 3-0 and when they benched Mitch Trubisky. They brought in Nick Foles when Mitch was 3-0. and so maybe, maybe it wasn't Mitch's fault of the games that they lost. Maybe it was the fact that the front office completely confused their players. Because you have a quarterback that is playing okay, but you're winning games. And then you turn the tide and say, well, we're winning games, but we're not winning games good enough. And you change quarterbacks. What is the message that you're sending to the locker room? And it's a very confusing situation because now you have players that are balling out. What, what are they thinking? What do they have going on? <laughs> do they think that they're going to be benched because they're balling, but they're not balling out enough? So there, there's a lot to be questioned when it comes to the Bears, when it comes to Matt Nagy, uh, when it comes to that whole front office that's going on right now. Um, but... <laughs> they get away with winning this game. And unfortunately, it wasn't really close. David Montgomery went off. And I appreciate it because I got him in fantasy. Shout out both fantasy leagues. Number one seed in both going into the playoffs. Hot. Let's see what we can do. But yeah, Texan Bears. I mean, come on. Um, I don't know many people that watch this game only because, I don't know, four and eight, five and seven. Mm. is there really anything to uh, look forward to at this point? And at this point, there are people out there that are going to watch their secondary teams or finding their team that have already qualified to be in the playoffs. And they're like, okay, this is my playoff team. This is who I'm going to cheer for. We're already here. And it feels like this time, 
between the time that we didn't know this NFL season was going to even happen to this, it feels like it's just skated by. And that's not just with football. That's just like with uh, entertainment coming back in general. Um, you know, basketball is on its way back. And we, start, we started this entire thing with the basketball season well, and the baseball season. We started this entire thing. And it was, how's baseball going to, I mean, how's basketball going to finish? How's this bubble going to work out? How are they going to test their players at such a frequent way? Oh, they're going to quarantine all of them. How's all this? We started all this here. And now we're in preseason of the next season of basketball. <laughs> and the season starts in seven days. It's a week from today. I'm pretty sure it's December 22nd. Any, the NBA season starts. It's almost like we're coming full circle because we're facing another pending shutdown. But with all that being said, it's like the entertainment aspect has just sped up. Me and my wife watched The Voice, and they also started during this entire thing. The, the ending of last season of The Voice was during this whole pandemic, and they switched to doing, you know, uh, webcam uh, webcam performances and performances at home and all of that. And now they had the chance to, during this season, start off and quarantine and bubble everybody and then do everything live. But with that, they were like, we're not going to hold you. We're not going to hold the team. We're not going to hold the judges. We're not going to hold everybody in this bubble for too long. So they did two episodes a week, every week. Uh, I think there was a holiday episode in between. And now <laughs> tonight is the season finale, which typically would not be from a while from now. And it's like, everyone's just cranking things out. Same thing with uh, now Marvel and DC. and They're starting to film things and they're just going to be cranking things out. I think we need to, as much as this is, kind of an overwhelming sensation since we've been told to like kind of clam down and sh and be in our shells and all that. We should probably enjoy this a little more than we think <laughs> because who knows when things are going to get to quote unquote normal. Who knows how sports are going to change after this? I mean, you got to think every other week we are waiting by our phones looking for the same thing. Oh, where's the next outbreak? What team is going to shut down their facility? Oh, is this game going to be canceled or postponed? Oh, is uh, such and such star player now um, not going to be on the field? Oh, does this change? And now the narrative is even bigger this year of how games can be rigged because of COVID. We saw that Des Bryant got pulled out after being on the field warming up got pulled out and was told that he tested positive. And then the next day, and the next day, and the next day, he tested negative every single day. And everyone's like, oh, why did they pull Des Bryant from this game going against his former team that everyone knows he has a bit of a vendetta against? The conspiracy theories are going to roll with this whole COVID thing and how it can just be used to manipulate who's on the field, what team is playing, who, when, where, and how. And there was, if you didn't know, 
there was already plenty of NFL conspiracists out there. So this just adds fuel to the fire. Trust me. I got very angry one day when I went down the YouTube rabbit hole and I found this video of this guy talking about how the NFL fixed the Kansas City Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. I'm sitting here like, how and who and what factor or mind would make you really think it, it would be of a financial or branded gain to fix Kansas City to win the Super Bowl. I'm sorry, but they still look at Kansas City. They still look at Missouri as a small market when it comes to football, when it comes to sports. Patrick Mahomes, you know, Texas, Texas bred, former, you know, and a, a, woo, MLB athlete of a father, could have been drafted to two sports. Pretty good guy. But you had Alex Smith, who was also a very good guy, quarterback. So you're not going to tell me that all of a sudden this team became more marketable to fix to win the Super Bowl. No, the team was just built better than all of yours. And then I found out that the guy that made this video is a Bears fan. (laughs) And that made all of the sense in the world. Anyways, that was... That was quite the handful of a story. Uh, but let's talk about the next game after that. Cardinals-Giants. Um, once Kyler Murray got his uh, got his head together, that uh, this game wasn't even close. I mean, it started. It started with Daniel Jones putting the ball on the ground and it being taken away for six. So, um, that, come on. That was pretty much it. Uh, Kyler Murray just kind of had to shake it and get it done, and that's what he did because he ran all over uh, the Giants' defense. That have, that was giving people problems. Like, this isn't just a slight Giants' defense. It was giving people problems. So uh, it was very interesting to see, but I didn't expect anything less but the Cardinals to come out with this. Uh, Cowboys, Bengals, who cares? They're almost the same team at this point, which is funny because Andy Dalton is playing quarterback for the Cowboys. Uh, But they're virtually the same team to me. Um, They both lost their star quarterback. Um, They've both been playing subpar since then. Um, No one bets them to win games. Uh, They have receivers that are talented, but often forgotten. They have a run game where it just hasn't been that great this year. Uh, Bengals actually probably been a little better on the ground just because Zeke has had a fumbling issue this year. Um, and their defense is, is unperforming in almost every asset. The Bengals were playing better when Joe Burrow was on the field, uh, which says a lot to who Joe Burrow is as a player and who he is as a leader. Um, and hopefully that returns next year um, when he comes back healthy. But uh, Cowboys are trash. Uh, and that's that's that. Uh, Colts Raiders, I'm glad to see uh, the Raiders continued to get humbled since their uh, week five Super Bowl victory. Uh, I am so glad that they thought the season was over and they have shown that because they have not played to that level since then. Um, John Gruden, good job. Uh, the Colts did what they needed to do. Uh, the It wasn't a great game as far as execution, uh, but hey, they got the job done. Jets, Seahawks, I, I'm confused. Because I didn't watch this game live. 
but I was confused because I'm looking at the score and the Seahawks are just running it up. And, you know, shout out to fantasy football, you know, one more time. But I'm looking and I have DK Metcalf. And I'm playing against a guy that has Russell Wilson. And neither of them are putting up like monumental points. So I'm very confused because I'm like, who the hell is scoring? If if Russell Wilson isn't putting up a lot of points and DK Metcalf ain't putting up a lot of points. And then I see Russell Wilson has four touchdowns, one interception. And I'm like, mm, all right. Uh, once again, I'm confused. I don't understand how, how uh, none of this is happening. DK Metcalf has one. Will Disley has one. Uh, Freddie Swan. Who is that? David Moore has one. So I'm sitting here like, no, on any other day, two to three of those, would have went straight to DK. And then one would have went to lock it. Nope. Not on the day that I needed it to happen. But anyways, good game from Russell Wilson. 20 for, 21 for 27, 206 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Uh, you know, Russell cooked a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, does that put him back in the MVP conversation? I don't think so. Uh, I think right now it's a clear runaway between Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, and it would be even more of a clear runaway if um, Patrick did not throw three interceptions in uh, um, this one game. Granted, I knew one or two would come out of playing the Dolphins just because their defense alone, let alone their secondary, has been playing very well. Xavier Howard is a is a dog. Um, and I knew he was going to get one off. I was expecting for him to get one off. Uh, I did not expect three. Now, I'll get to all that when I get to that game. <laughs> I will get to all that when I get to that game. Uh, Packers-Lions. This game should not have been close, but Matthew Stafford does what he wants to do to keep his value up high so he can somehow get out of Detroit. He needs to. It needs to happen. It definitely needs to happen. Um, so, yeah, Aaron Rodgers does his thing. The only thing that he has over Mahomes is his uh, touchdown to interception ratio. That's, that's pretty much it. Uh, Patrick leads in his completion percentage. Patrick leads in yards. Patrick leads... And uh, actually, I think that's it. Yeah, off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure that that's correct. Uh, but I mean, if Patrick hits that 5,000 mark, which is is it's very close, um, that might. And if he doesn't throw any more interceptions for the rest of the year, I mean, guys, think he's gonna pull up close to. You know, 40-42, um, five interceptions, 5,000 yards with the potential and should be offensive player of the year, Travis Kelsey, who is now leading the league in receiving yards as a tight end. If he finishes this year at number one, uh, it'll be the first time ever where a tight end has led the league in receiving yards. If that doesn't make him offensive player of the year, any <laughs> an instant gold jacket owner, the league is out of its mind. Um, yeah, we've had Gronk, we've had Gonzalez, we've had 
for some reason, people wanted to take the throne from Kelsey uh, early and just give it to George Kittle just because he had two okay years. And I'm not taking anything away from Kittle, but it's just, I've said over and over again, the biggest thing for me when it comes to football is not how you catch the ball, what you do in double coverage, how you read things. It's availability. And when you're not available to be on the field, that is more that is more of a negative than anything possible. Because I don't care if you can truck three defenders and keep going down the field. But if you can only do it two games out of the entire season, what do I need you for? I have players that can do that two games out of the entire season. I need that through the entire season. And um, George Kittle has not proven that he can do that. You know who has proven? Uh, Travis Kelsey. And you know who has done it consistently? Oh, yeah. Uh, Travis Kelsey. You know the only tight end ever to have five? We're, you know, we're not, we're not even going to get into the Travis Kelsey versus George Kittle conversation. We're just going to say that um, anyone that is watching number 87 from the Kansas City Chiefs, you are watching a historic year uh, from that man. Uh, back to back to back to back to back to back. Thousand yards year, uh, thousand yard receiving years. Um, he's the only tight end ever to have three 1,200 yard seasons. Uh, now he has a AFC championship five time AFC West title, um, and then possibly a few more rings on the way. You're you're not going to be able to put him in any other conversation besides top two tight ends of all time. And I'm sorry, but he's not two. Falcons Chargers. <laughs> Didn't I tell y'all that this is this is the uh, game on who's going to choke the hardest? Man, Matt Ryan hand delivered in this game to the Chargers. It was any time the Falcons could have won this game. At any time, literally. Anthony Lynn coached his team into the ground. Justin Herbert did not have the day that he usually does. And Matt Ryan hand-delivered UPS, <laughs> FedEx, Amazon Prime, next-day delivery, handed the dub to the Chargers. Yeah, it was a dumpster fire of a game. Because for some reason, for some reason, Matt Ryan was like, I know usually both of these teams, both of these teams just choke away a victory. He was like, it's not going to be choking if I give it to him. And that's what he did. I have had people tell me that now they are off the Matt Ryan bandwagon. And I didn't even know that there were still people on it. Matter of fact, I told a story a few weeks ago about how I talked to my dad and my dad was like, I'm, I'm done with Matt Ryan. And he was like the last person. I thought he was the driver. He was the last person on the Matt Ryan Bay Wagon. And now I'm still hearing that people are like, oh, yeah, I'm done. Bro, it's week 14. <laughs> the, nothing has been shown that's new. I would take Garner Minshew in, in uh, Atlanta over Matt Ryan right now. Matt Ryan, 21 for 32, 224 yards, 
One touchdown, three interceptions. Russell Gage had a touchdown in this game. He has the same amount of touchdowns as a starting quarterback. Russell Gage. <laughs> Come on. You're at this point, I feel like um Atlanta's insulting my time because I talk about them way more than I should, and it's always about the same thing. It is always about the same thing. Todd Gurley, where you been? Todd Gurley has been the most overhyped player on this team, and people are going to be mad about this one because as much hate as, um, you know, Matt Ryan is getting for what he's done, one for three touchdown to interception ratio and all that, Todd Gurley, where have you been? You guys are seeing now in living color why the Rams did not want to pay Todd Gurley the money that he asked for. You're seeing now the reason why when Todd Gurley was on the market, no one really cared to jump to it. And it wasn't because of the knee issues. It wasn't because of uh, him being up and down in performance. When you see a team like the Rams start choosing their second and third backs over Gurley, there needs to be a lot more talked about than, oh, he has some knee issues. You're starting to see it. He's just not the same Gurley anymore. When when Edo Smith is getting more touches than Todd Gurley, it's an issue. When the whole Todd Gurley is coming home, that was such a big deal. Now people watch Falcons game and forget that Todd Gurley is even on the team. Hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. What is there left to say? Oh, yeah. Calvin really had a, uh, you know, he had a game, 124 yards. Cool. But this team is so bad that they might as well just uh, call it quits, trade off Calvin really at this point, too. Because what did, what did I say? I said you blow up the whole whole thing and you start over. But the one thing that you keep is a few people on defense in Calvin Ridley. At this point, I think the highest value that you can get off of somebody is Calvin Ridley. You're not going to get anything for Ty Gurley. You're not going to get anything for Matt Ryan. Actually, I said you have to keep Matt Ryan too because he's too much of a cap hit. It just puts you in a really bad spot. You really don't know what to do. And then you have a pending new head coach that's about to come in. And what are they going to do? Any any direction that they go, it's going to fail them. If they cut ties with everybody, there's going to be so much of a cap hit that year on players that are not on the team. They're not going to be able to make any great moves. So, Falcons fans, I'm sorry, but you have another year or so of kind of this same thing. No one's going to restructure their deal. They're going to try to get as much money as they can before they get cut or traded. And there may be a year or two where you just have no talent on the field. Be ready. Because <laughs> uh, four, four, nine, it's going to seem okay compared to the next two years or so. And I'm sorry for that. I'm not saying this to shit on y'all. I'm not saying this to be that guy, I'm literally saying this because that's what I see right in front of me. 
that's it. Uh, so with that, <laughs> uh, we're going to jump to this break. We're going to get back to some more week 14. We're going to talk about how the Washington football team is somehow one of the best teams that I've seen. Uh, we're going to talk about how Jalen Hurts just came and uh, took a job away from a starting quarterback, even though I said several times that shouldn't be the case. Um, and then, of course, we have to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs being the number one seed, thanks to my favorite team. <laughs> it's not my favorite team. Uh, thanks to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we're definitely going to talk about that as well. So on the other side of this break, you know what's going on. It's December 15th, 2020. Let's get it. to Kenny, man. Lyrical G-Night in my mofos. Scale, that's the logo. LT, that be the name. Entertainment, that's my ammo. Order a bottle of XO. Pour PDA. Oh, I love that life. Going hard all night in the club. No fights. Just me and the fam and the mood just right. Drinks right now. Wasted. Shots of control now. Faded. Got the whole team with me. Plus couple downs and I can't change it. Lights showing all around the place. My eyes can focus. I'm trippy. But I'm having a real good time. You feel like I feel that you can bear with me. Yeah, I know my name. And I know the sound is insane. Hell yeah, it's jumping, no trampoline, no spring hurdles, it's on the night, this is a free game, club and after party anthem, we don't stop, pop that don't stop, pop that pop that standards, so pour a double cup, go ahead and take a sip, and wake up the next morning with the thoughts of saying this, all I know, 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 yeah, is we gon' have a party tonight, 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 all I know, all I know. And you know my situation Go to sleep, wake up, do it all again Same thing, new day, new clothes, new spot This routine here will never end And the only reason I do it Is to show you you can have fun with life I grind hard and shine hard Every day, why not party hard all night? You only live once, so you gotta push hard for that dream Before somebody knocks you off Handle your business and then you will witness your work or pay off You can do what you want 
so now I'm stunting. I'm getting money. My fam is with me. This life is lovely. And we back. Y'all know what the hell going on. That was the real LT. Shout out my guy, Charlie. Uh, and we're here. So let's... It's funny. I just watched a video of Lamar Jackson in his post-game interview from last night talking about how he didn't pull a Paul Pierce um, because everyone was like, Lamar Jackson went to the locker room and has not come back for a very long time. And everybody was like, man... <laughs> what's going on? He said it's cramps. The coaches said it's cramps. They said it was cramps. Everybody speculated something else. Uh, if you don't know what pulling a Paul Pierce is, how how are you listening to a sports show? I don't, I don't, I don't know how that happens. Uh, but we back in here. Let's talk about Washington football team. Shout out my dude, Ryan, a.k.a. Owen Knight. The big Washington football team fan. Probably the only one that I... I know personally that has been rocking with this team. You know, I can say it on here. He's been rocking with the skins for a long time since birth. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm happy for him. And of course I'm going to be even more happy for him because of Alex Smith and what he's done and the determination and everything that he's done to overcome the injury that he suffered. Um, I, I was very worried when they pulled him out of this game uh, due to uh, calf strains and calf cramps and things of that nature um, on the head, the, the leg that is hurt. Um, but he stayed out for the rest of the game. Dwayne Haskins almost pulled a Matt Ryan and just tried to get them to lose this game, uh, but their defense would not allow that to happen. Once again, I'll say it week after week, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, uh, Ryan Kerrigan, that, th- those defense, that, that Washington defense is an issue. And that's why I said when they were going to play the Steelers, that defensive front is for real. And there's two ways. There, there's two things that a team needs to be able to beat the Steelers. That is a subpar defense and a quarterback that doesn't turn over the ball. That's it. You don't need a strong running game. You don't need lockdown corners. You don't, you don't need all these things that when you play elite teams, like that's what they say you need to have. No, you need to have a decent defense and a quarterback that doesn't turn over the ball. That's Washington to a T. Alex Smith doesn't turn over the ball. And... And their defense is better than decent. It is actually very, very good. That's why they beat the Steelers. And that's also why they beat the 49ers. But playing the 49ers at this point, even though they play very hard, even though they have made it very difficult for you to put them away and make it like an easy runaway game with all of their star players out. Uh, you know, if the... <laughs> 
if the Washington football team had a sliver more of offense, this game would have been like fucking 48 to 15. That's all they needed was just a sliver more of offense. Uh, some of the play calling was a little suspect to me, honestly, but they came out with the dub, so that is what it is. Saints-Eagles, Jalen Hurts just won the job. Crazy enough to say it. Uh, of course, I've said it multiple times, you run you run Carson Wentz till the wheels fall off. You have to. You know, $100, $100 dollars. Nah, you you run that till the wheels fall off. You got to. Like, like I said, I think it is ridiculous to sit an investment like that and just have to pay for it to sit there. You don't you there is no backup quarterback that comes even close to that kind of money. But yet that's that's what you're turning Carson Wentz into. You're turning him into a backup quarterback. Now, I think uh, Doug Peterson may have gotten drunk when he said that uh, drafting Taysom Hill, that they were going to use him in almost like a Taysom Hill package. I think what they meant was drafting <laughs> drafting Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, after a while, we're going to use Carson Wentz in a Taysom Hill package because that makes way more sense. Just think about, just think about if this offense sticks with, Jalen Hurts and they're playing decent football with Jalen Hurts and they use Carson Wentz as tight end fullback wide receiver you know backup quarterback on trick plays things of that nature now that can be a scary offense but once again you're paying a a utility Swiss Army knife second second QB a hundred plus million dollars doesn't make sense I can't justify that cap hit, that that contract amount for what Carson Wentz is going to end up doing. And then if you trade him off, boy, now you're eating 20 mil, 21 mil in dead cap. He's still going to get a check check from the Philadelphia Eagles, no matter where he's at. And this is this is a man that has to drive up to a stadium and see a statue of Nick Foles every time he pulls up. What a motherfucking shame. What a motherfucking shame. Uh, But yeah, the Saints looked... I don't know what happened to them in that first half. I have no idea what was going on. Like, I mean, granted, the Eagles are always... They're going to have that benefit of the fact that they are starting a quarterback that there's not any tape on. You know, like, yes, he's been in and out of games. Yes... He took over the last game, but there hasn't been a full game of Jalen Hurts tape in the NFL. And when you're a defense and then you have to look back at his college tape and figure out like, okay, well, what is he going to do in certain situations? Uh, How does he pull the ball on read options? Uh, You know, all, all those things. And it just looked like they were very underprepared. It almost looked like the defense was like, it doesn't matter who's, Starting at quarterback, we can take care of it, and they couldn't. Um, they just, they just couldn't. Uh, Taysom Hill was making good throws, making better decisions. Uh, did throw an interception, but um, I just, I'm very shocked uh, at the stat line for Jalen Hurts. I mean, 17 for 30. Ah, that's okay. 
167 yards, one touchdown, no picks, but rushing. 18 carries, Russians, 106. Uh, I mean, come on. I remember there was a point in time where when the Jaguars were going into the AFC Championship against the Patriots, and they said all Blake Bortles has to do is throw 400 and rush 400, and they could beat that team. Blake Bortles throwing 400 and rushing 400, and they could beat the Patriots. Jalen Hurts <laughs> just threw for 167 and rushed for 106. Blake Bortles was a bum. Still is. He's back up where? In L.A. at this point? You ain't seen fucking Blake Bortles since that. Since that game, literally. You ain't seen him since then. Oh, what a shame. Uh, Jalen Hurts, um, I guess you're going to ride out the rest of the season. Um, you beat the Saints, which I thought was going to be a, a huge sabotage move to you. Um, I thought Doug Pearson was trying to prove a point that you are not ready for the league. So we're going to put you against one of the top defenses in the league. See you get crushed. And then you go back to the golden child of Carson uh, Carson Wentz. Um, as you see, that was not the case at all. Um, so good job on you. Um, you know, do your thing. You see that Tua is doing his thing. Um, so there has to be some kind of, you know, still competitiveness between Jalen Hurts and Tua. Um, so that's that. Uh, last night's game. We're, we're, we're not going to go straight into... Sunday primetime, and of course, you know, I skipped the Chiefs game. We'll talk about that in a second. But Ravens-Browns, I honestly fell asleep on this game. Um, I'm actually shocked that I'm feeling as decent as I am right now because uh, yesterday I slept for what seemed to be an eternity. Um, did not feel that great. Uh, took some like NyQuil and stuff like that at the end of the night last night, and I was trying to stay up during this game. And it just wasn't working for me, uh, especially that first half. It seemed like it was going to be just one of those games where it's going to be very one-sided and just roll through. Surprisingly enough, I mean, 47-42, they started cooking. Uh, Browns, Ravens, I, I was getting very fed up with Lamar in most of this game just because Lamar was just, Lamar was making it seem like he's just not competent to be an all-star quarterback at all. That's just what it seemed like. It seemed like when it came to the easy throws, the easy third downs, the easy deep shots that he has, you know, his receiver has two, three, four steps on a defender. He's overthrowing them. He's underthrowing them. He's throwing them too far to the outside. He's <laughs> the route combination to where he's placing the ball doesn't match up. It, it started to really piss me off. And I don't know what kind of cramps held him back, uh, but he came back and played some better ball. These They went back and forth. This is probably the most exciting Browns game that people have seen in a very long time. And, of course, it's more exciting for the Ravens because they won. Um, I think this Browns team is way better than we all expected it to be. Uh, this is the Browns team of two years ago. A year ago, two years ago, that everyone thought we would see. Um, and shockingly enough, this is without Odell. 
who knows what this team would look like with Odell on the field? Would they be better or would they be worse? But it is very telling in the fact that this team is this good on all three sides of the ball without Odell. Jarvis, balling. Nick Chubb, balling. Kareem Hunt, balling. What's that boy name? Uh, Peoples. Peoples, uh, he's got like 40 names, but Peoples is in it. Balling. Yeah. Oh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yeah, balling. I mean, look, look, just look at the receiving stat line, and obviously something's going good for them. Kareem Hunt, 77 yards. Peoples-Jones, 74. Higgins, 68. Jarvis Landry, 52. And Joku, 45. Rushing, Nick Chubb, 82. Kareem Hunt, 33. Baker, 23. Nick Chubb, two, two tutters. Kareem, one. Baker, one. <sighs> Come on. And what's crazy is that Baker's been in these shootouts. Baker, Baker can roll in the shootout. It's the Ravens that when you get into that, it doesn't really play too well into their style because they are a run first, but the Browns have turned themselves into a run first. But in their back pocket, they have the fact that they've been pass heavy before. The Ravens, when you put that in Lamar's hand and you tell Lamar to win that game, it doesn't typically go too well. But I I give it to him. This was a very, very interesting game once I was awake and able to watch a few of the highlights. I haven't watched the full game and how it is. I just ran through the highlights. But it was it was entertaining. I'm sure it will get compared to the uh, Rams-Chiefs game. Um, I'm sure it will be just because it's another high-scoring game and uh, two pretty electric uh, players around the league. I'm not going to I'm not saying they're electric to me, uh, but around the league and the promotion that's put up Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson are very electric players. Uh, just because they're on commercials and shit. That's that's why I say that. Uh, but with that, we are actually going to talk about the Chiefs first. We're going to leave the Steelers last. So the Chiefs go to Miami, play the Dolphins in a game that it looked, <laughs> it was strange. It was very strange because there's not a lot of times where you can see a team uh, go to an away field, have their starting quarterback throw three interceptions, uh, and they still win. Um, there's even few times where your quarterback will throw three interceptions and throw for almost 400 yards. That typically doesn't happen. So <laughs> let's talk about this. Once again, Travis Kelsey is going to be the offensive player of the year. I, I don't think there's any conversation. Um, eight catches, 136 yards, uh, averaging 17 yards a catch, one touchdown. Uh, now leads the league in receiving. Um, once again, like I said in in the first first half, if he finishes this year uh, at number one in receiving, he'll be the first tight end to ever do it, which is ridiculous. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, it's on on the stat sheet. It looks like 
he's a bust. But this offensive line has just not been good. It hasn't. And that's why you've seen Patrick running for his life at certain times in the game. I mean, you have to remember, this offensive line is not our starting offensive line, and it hasn't been all year. Um, now, what's great is that we re-signed Wisniewski after he was released from the Steelers, which this is somebody that knows the system and was with the team during the Super Bowl. There is a lot of very key <laughs> components that have not even been activated to the team yet. That's very scary for opposing teams. Think about it when Wisniewski is on the field. Think about it when DeAndre Baker, first round from UGA, that got released from the Giants due to now what we know was a fraudulent situation um, where he was accused of holding people at gunpoint with another player and all those things. To find out it was just a big extortion, all that. That's a first-round DB that is sitting on the practice squad right now, literally cutting his teeth, getting back in football shape, and ready to be on the field. Another situation where the Chiefs stole a first-round talent, and he hasn't even been on the field yet, and the Chiefs, for the first time in franchise history, are 12-1. and But Clyde has been behind a very bad offensive line. 16 carries, 32 yards, two average, uh, two yards per carry. <sighs> Tyreek Hill, of course, he rushed for the 32-yard touchdown. Um, I misread the play, uh, which doesn't happen very often, but it does happen. Um, Patrick was screaming, you got 4-3, you got 4-3. And I'm thinking he's saying, he's telling his entire team, we got 4-3 four, four, coverage. And he's letting everyone know 4-3 is coming. Whatever play that we have, it's going to work. Just know that it's 4-3. He's done this in several games where he'll just scream out the coverage. He doesn't care if the defense hears him because he knows whatever that they have, it's going to beat it. He'll get to the line. Look at everybody. Oh, we got cover zero. We got cover zero. Or hey, 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 cover two, cover two. He'll let everyone know because he's confident that no matter what they switch to, it's still going to beat that scheme. But he wasn't saying you got 4-3. He looked at Tyreek, and there was an edge rusher. There was a person that was going to rush the edge. That was number 43 on the Miami Dolphins. and He was telling Tyreek to, quote-unquote, block him. Hey, get 4-3. Hey, because... He was, he was untouched. He was going to come through on the rush untouched. But it doesn't matter because he had a second hesitation thinking that Tyreek was going to block him. He thought he was going to have to shed somebody to get to Mahomes. So Tyreek comes and points at him, and he's like, oh, yeah, I got 43. I got 43. And he sets up like he's going to block. Of course, snap comes. Tyreek takes off. Jet sweep. He's gone all the way through. Didn't even matter if, that, if 43 was blocked didn't matter at all it's the same thing that happened when um they did the ferrari right play for the first time red zone mahomes goes over to look like he's going to talk to kelsey kelsey has his hand up 
they're doing things to manipulate the fact people can hear them. They're using the whole uh, capped, capped situation and capacity. They're using the fact that people can hear them speak to their advantage. Oh, okay. Uh, hey, Kelsey's on the line. He has his hand up. Hey, Kelsey, what you need? What you need? What you need? They snap the ball while Mahomes is in motion. Catches the whole defense off fire, uh, all off off guard because they're looking at Kelsey like, okay, well he's going to him. He's going to have to come back under center. Snap the ball in motion. It's a very creative team. It's very creative offense, of course, coming from Andy Reid. Um, Patrick Mahomes, 24 for 34, 393 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. He only, he came into the game with only two interceptions on the entire season. Both of them came from the Raiders. Um, now he has three from the Dolphins. I tweeted a little joke saying that, well, of course Mahomes is going to struggle late year in Miami. That's what he has to do to become the next GOAT. <laughs> and <laughs> it's just a, it's a little shot to Tom Brady, but Tom Brady every year. That second game, that late year game in Miami, never went well. Never went well at all. I saw another tweet that was even better than mine. Um, and they said, you know, last time that Mahomes was in this stadium and he threw two interceptions, we won the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's just funny how things that would be tragic and very misfortunate for other starting quarterbacks are kind of running jokes when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Because it is almost hilarious how this season has gone for us. 12-1. and one, AFC West champions already. Titles gotten to us. We're here. Tua did not play a terrible game. 316 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. 21 for 48. I mean, the defense pretty much locked down everyone but Gasicki. And I felt like Gasicki had a two times larger game than what's on the stat sheet. Gasicki, five, five receptions. I felt like I heard his name every play. Five receptions, 65 yards. That's not even a game-breaking game. Matter of fact, Travis Kelsey did that with, <laughs> what, in the first half? And they had to nerve to say some ridiculous stat. And my wife picked it up. And it was one of those things that kind of glanced by it and at, in and out of my ears. But she picked it up. She was like, you know, the announcer just said that the uh, <laughs> the tight ends for, for uh, Miami has 11 touchdowns to Travis Kelsey's nine. <laughs> and I guess they tried to do it to make Miami seem better. But it really just made them seem really worse. And I was like, yeah, actually, I didn't hear that, but that that actually makes a whole lot of sense. Like, they tried to make it seem like the combination of the tight ends in Miami are to the caliber of Travis Kelsey. But honestly, what it made it seem like is that Travis Kelsey can outrun every single tight end on their team, which he can. It's just such a misjudge. <laughs> so misjudge in announcing stats. You You probably shouldn't go that far, but what, what what do the Chiefs have to do to maintain the number one seed, lock it in, 
and then go into the bye. Well, one, they need Pittsburgh to lose another game. Unfortunately, Pittsburgh has to lose another game for this to happen, which can very well happen. It probably will not happen this coming week, but can very well happen. Uh, they also need, they need some other things to shake out. We need to win. Pittsburgh needs to lose. And someone else needs to lose. I don't know why. I just don't have this ingrained in my memory at the moment. Uh, the Chiefs have only lost one game in the last 400 days, including the postseason. Yeah, what a what a stat to know. What a stat to know. Uh, but anyways, regardless of the playoff shakeouts, we have to win. Pittsburgh has to lose. And that's only because of me. If we went out, um, I mean, we'll we'll still. If we were to win out the entire season, we wouldn't clinch the number one seed until now. Uh, well, until the end of the season. If Pittsburgh drops another one, and then we continue to win, it's it's a lock. Uh, so that is something to pay attention to. But I will tell you right now. I don't see, and you know I don't like doing this with my team, but I'll just put out our our remaining games. We have the Saints coming up on Sunday, then the Falcons, and then the Chargers. I don't see any games where it's like, oh, we are going against a way better team. Now, the Saints will be on some kind of like revenge type shit because they, they ate an ugly loss against Jalen Hurts. They even got the chance to take the game back, and they did not. The Falcons, I really hope, I really hope Matt Ryan is not as generous to our defense as he was to the Chargers. I don't know what it is about Matt Ryan against these AFC West teams, but he's just not done good. And our defense is way more opportunistic than the Chargers and the Raiders. And the Broncos. So that'll be a nice thing to watch uh, two days after Christmas. Um, I, I I look forward to that, especially in the fact I have a lot of friends that are Falcons fans. I've, I mean, I've told stories about my dad. Uh, he's a big Falcons fan. I'm very eager to watch this game, especially in the fact nah, I'm not going to get into that. Uh, but then at the, at the beginning of the year, we play the Chargers again and – I don't know what the Chiefs plan on doing with that because we don't need to eat a loss against the AFC team in general. Um, and that's the last one left. So we don't need to sit everyone just in case. We don't need to do that. Um, from what it looks like, we're going to have to be in the driver's seat this entire season. Um, and there is no reason for anyone to sit if we win these next two games and the Steelers don't drop one, if they drop one, we're good. But if they are on the cusp of winning out, we have to do what our, you know, we got to do what we got to do. Now you can look at your team and say, Hey, put up 35 points in the first half and we'll manage it and make, you know, make it shake. I'm cool with that. But Hey, that's a, uh, that's looking at the chief schedule. Till the end of the year. Um, and then we'll get into the playoffs. 
for the number one seed. We have a bye, then we get to look at what's going on. Um, I don't, this is not cocky of me. This is not saying anything outside of the normal. I just don't see. I, 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 I don't see a team in the AFC that I'm deathly afraid of. I mean, the Colts play good ball. The Titans play good ball. Those are the only ones that I look at, and I'm like, hmm, that's going to be a game. I'm not worried about the Steelers. We could talk about that right now. I'm I'm not worried about them. I haven't been worried about them this entire time. I have told all of you, I've told all of you how fraudulent and how fake the Steelers are. Now, all the excuses that were so irrelevant to Steelers fans, they're the ones using them. Injuries, schedule, no buy, we're tired. No, you're just not playing good football and you haven't been. Drop passes aren't new. COVID's not new. <laughs> Your defense blitzing so much they forget about the run is not new. Just stop. Not being able to run the ball is not new. Juju not being a number one receiver is not new. He's too focused on dancing on other teams' 50-yard line and getting TikTok views and trying to start an OnlyFans instead of catching balls on third down. None of this is new. Stop saying that this is all new problems. Stop using the excuses that you told everyone was not valid now because you've dropped two in a row. I've told you all you need to beat the Steelers is a decent defense and a quarterback that doesn't turn over the ball. That is it. You all went consistently three and out for almost the entire first quarter. Actually, the entire first quarter. There's no point scored in the first quarter. Ben, 21 for 37, 187 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. James Conner, 10 carries, 18 yards. I don't want to hear shit about Clyde Edwards earlier. Juju, six for 55. Deontay Johnson, James Washington, Eric Ebron, y'all need to get the fuck out. Y'all can't catch a damn cold in Alaska. Chase Claypool, what happened? Megatron. Just stop. Just stop. You guys are constantly now all about these excuses. I, I, I read one status a few weeks ago, and it was, I wish people could cheer for their own team to win and cheer for mine to lose. Two weeks later, from the same person, I see them post, I can't believe I have to say this, but go Ravens. Wow. How the mighty have fallen in two weeks. And what's crazy is that you're going to get an ego game this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. You're going to get an ego game. 
You're going to be able to go in, Joe Burrow-less team, you know, no one expects them to do anything. It's going to be on prime time, so you'll be able to, like, stunt in front of the people. And then you have to see the Colts and the Browns right at the end of the year. And that's what's going to shake everything up. That's what's either going to solidify who you are and what you'll be doing, where you'll be in the seating, if you even take the AFC North. There's a lot going on. And it's right at the end of the year. You are lucky that this game, this Bengals game, came in this time. Because I told y'all, this is the part of the schedule where they meet the only real teams in the schedule. And now you see them struggling, not playing well. Haven't, matter of fact, look at this. This is their, <laughs> this is their average points in the past couple games. Against the Bengals, 36, expected. Since then, 27 against the Jags, 19, 17, 15. Hmm. You're going you're gonna to average 20 points a game against the Chiefs? You're going to average 20 points a game against Indy? Against the Bills again? You're, you're not going to play these teams in the playoffs like this. I don't care what TJ Watt does. So thank you. Thank you, Steelers fans, for, for fueling the fire. Thank you, Steelers fans, for doing the exact thing I knew you would do. And that is fold and already becoming the fans that you were telling to be quiet this entire time when we all said you were the worst 9-0, 10-0, team in the league. Because I guarantee you, if the Chiefs would not have lost that game against the Raiders, no one would be saying the Chiefs are a fraudulent, undefeated team. That would have never happened. Mm, tough talk, tough talk. But I think that wraps up the show. That was all the games. Um, what's really great about the end of the show lately is that usually I do like injury updates and breaking news and all that, but uh, there hasn't been much. Um, thankful enough, this COVID situation has been kind of kept under wraps after you know we had another scare that we thought the playoff, uh, you know, implications were going to change. How many teams were going to be in the play? We thought all that was going to change. Um, that's not the case so far. We have just a few more weeks left, but we're almost there. Um, injuries. There hasn't been too many star injuries that have happened. Deshaun Watson got hurt, um, but it's not noted to be serious. Um, there, everyone was thinking that Tyreek may have pulled his hamstring. No, it was just crap. Uh, but besides that, uh, everything everything is good going into this postseason. NBA is starting to ramp back up. We're a week away from regular season tip-off. And uh, things are running smooth. And I'm not mad at it at all. So with that, once again, the show after the new year will be moving to twitch.tv slash gamearmorgame. They will be gaming. There will be music talk. There will be sports talk, of course. Um, 
The format of the show may change a little bit. I may not do two two days a week uh, just because now it will be working into my streaming schedule. I may just go to one day a week. Uh, we'll just see how it all goes. We're going to start the streaming schedule in the next day or so, um, work out the kinks of how things go, and then, of course, just roll with it. So, like I said, twitch.tv slash gamearmorgame. Uh, we're at – so we're going to say that the goal – by the end of the year, by the time that this show is on Twitch, the goal is to get to 100 followers. That was something that I kind of already like had envisioned. Like that's going to be the first goal is 100 followers. Most people's uh, first goal is 50 because 50 is when you can like get to the next tier. But first goal, 100 followers. Let me go to Twitch right now. Um, Damn. Okay, there we go. Right now. At twitch.tv slash game armor game, we are at 86 followers already. We haven't even dropped the first stream yet. We haven't even gone online yet. We're at 86 followers. So the goal between now, between now and the first show of the year when we go to twitch.tv slash game armor game is to be at a hundred followers by then. We're at 86. We're at 86 and hadn't dropped any content yet. That's how fire all this has been. So, like I said, if you're following me on here, if you're listening to me right now for the first time, if you want to talk sports, you want to talk gaming, you want to talk music, go to twitch.tv slash gamearmorgame. Follow me up on there. Follow me up. Matter of fact, I'm going to put it in the chat right now. So it's just, it's hella easy. Let me move this mic out of the way. I'm going to put it in the chat right now. It's in the chat right now. So the the next time that you see me on here, let me know that you followed. We're going to get to 100 followers. Follow me on there, and we're going to roll. So with that being said, it is December 15, 2020. We are going on the countdown to being on Twitch. The countdown to 100 followers. And then countdown to the new year. I'm, I know we all down with it. I know we are done with 2020. It is time to move to 2021. I've said constantly over and over again, if you're not walking into 2021 with uh, some new something, whether if it's a new talent, new income, new investment, new anything, you slept this entire year. I don't know how you did it. Uh, so I am very thankful to walk into 2021 with this podcast, this Twitch channel that's already growing before I even like really get into the mode of it. I'm very thankful for p the people that follow me, the people that listen to me. Um, and then, like I said, this will still be on Spotify. It'll still be on the KCPN app, all those things. We're just adding video content and more interactive content on twitch.com. Well, twitch.tv slash game on game. I appreciate y'all. I'm out of here. Thank you for listening to the Voice of Fandom podcast. You can join live every Tuesday and Thursday by downloading the Podbean app or listen to audio playback exclusively through the Kansas City Podcast Network, available by app download or anywhere else you choose to listen to your podcasts. It's Mattress Firm's semi-annual sale, where you can save up to $300 on our top-rated brands like Sealy and Sleepies. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 on Sealy. 
Or buy Tempur-Pedic and get a $300 instant gift good towards sleep accessories. Shop Tempur-Pedic, Stearns & Foster, and more with our sleep experts today to find your best sleep. Only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com sale. We all know that the only way to top the perfect cup of Dunkin' Cold Brew is with velvety new sweet cold foam from Dunkin'. But how do you top that? With an exclusive offer for DD Perks members. Get a medium chocolate stout cold brew with sweet cold foam, cold brew with sweet cold foam, or cold brew for $3. It's the perfect deal to top off the perfect top to the perfect cup of Dunkin' Cold Brew. Doesn't that sound great? Not a DD Perks member? Join today via the Dunkin' app. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer.